Do you consider podcasting a life hack? I do. I actually think it's a huge life hack. Hey, friend. It's David Abinsky here in Brooklyn. So excited for this podcast episode with Scott Britton. For many years, I've been inspired by Scott. I remember meeting him in 2017 when I was newer to New York and just being so impressed by him. And such an honor to talk to him on the podcast here for you. Scott's accomplishments and portfolio career is very lengthy. On the football team at Princeton, Forbes 30 under 30 helped scale a startup that ended up being acquired for $100 million, started his own media company at lifelonglearner.com, published a book, had a top 20 business podcast called The Competitive Edge, just to name a few. In this episode, you'll learn why Scott ran all these different experiments to eventually find his career market fit uh, by co-founding Troops, a software company, a SaaS company, software as a service company that he's been growing for over six years now. Uh, you'll learn how Scott got back into the podcast game. We talk about life hacks, uh, which was what Scott's book was about, and so much more. Um, as always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which has the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. Also, I just updated my personal website at DavidDubinsky.com if you want to go check that out to learn more about me. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Scott. Uh, Scott, welcome to the show. Good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Thanks for, for, for making the time. Um, so I want to talk about life hacks to kind of kick things off. Uh, rumor mm-hmm. has it, uh, you know, you're, you're interested in life hacks. Maybe you've written a little a book on them. Uh, I was curious as to if there's a newer uh, life hack or two that really jumps out to you in uh, 2021 these days. Wow, man. Uh, good, good question. I think, I mean, I, I love thinking about that's this stuff. Um, so a couple of things I would say are pretty top of mind more recently for me. And a lot of these are not new things, but maybe just things that I've decided to implement that are having a big impact. Um, the first is, is I just don't take meetings before lunch, really. Um, I noticed... Uh, I just was having a lot of trouble getting done the most important thing. And a big reason for that was a lot of times my calendar would just get dominated in the mornings and then in the afternoons. And I would have this intention of doing something and, and basically it would just, my time would evaporate. And so I just put like a huge calendar block on all of my days until about 1130 that says no meetings, do not book with me. And just basically told everybody at my company that, and that's been, uh, been awesome. Um, another one I'd say is Rome research. So I love Rome. I was a big Evernote user. I found that, um, I found that it was just Evernote was really disorganized and it's like note taking and ideation and brainstorming. It's kind of like a messy art. And so I think you want a system that's flexible, but also 
like makes sense. And, and the thing that's wrong with Rome's that's really cool is it basically allows you to kind of network ideas and that's super valuable for everything from idea synthesis and seeing kind of connections that you wouldn't have, which is more or less like the definition of creativity to even just organization, like to be able to like rapidly, like you're on a call, you are hearing something that's related to something else that's important and you want to associate it dynamically, but you don't have time to like jump, jump between and just the whole way that it works from an organization perspective is, is really, really valuable. Um, so that's been, that's been amazing. And to that note, like nowadays, like if there's something that I want to learn, I really try to just go and find the expert on that subject and just pay them. And so like, sounds kind of silly, but like I went and paid like a Rome consultant um, to coach me up for a couple sessions and like get my system working and like bought a course. And for me, it's like, I'm going to be probably like taking notes and like writing down ideas for a long time of my life. And that seems like worthy, a system worthy of optimizing and investing in. And so I might as well invest in getting good at that. Um, and there's somebody who's probably spent a lot more time thinking about this and figuring things out than I have. And so why not just go straight to them? And so, um, so, so yeah, that's like, anytime I'm learning something new, like that's kind of a life hack that I've been, as I've, you know, been able to get more resources in my life to do that type of stuff. Um, go find the person that's, that's the best at it. And then see if you can enlist their expertise versus trying to learn it all yourself. And, uh, and that's interesting to hear you use Rome research, uh, for business or, you know, I think some of the, some of the use cases I've heard of is more kind of brainstorming or writing and stuff like that. But it's fascinating to hear you think about, uh, doing it in, in kind of real time for, uh, business growth or business development or organizational type of work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think with, and this is kind of like the basis of my company is like, Generally, I want to spend less time context switching, more time being able to see and do the things I want in less places. And so, um, you know, for me, like that separation of like business and personal ideation, like a lot of times I will be on a call and then hear something that's like related to like an idea for a business that I might have at a future date but I don't have, I don't want to do now, but I want to capture it and I want to like add it into my backlog. And, um, and, and so to, for me, like having that cohesion of system, I think is actually can be really a point of leverage. Okay. Um, speaking of life hacks, do, do you consider podcasting a life hack? I do. I actually think it's a huge life hack because I think that, ultimately like people and access are really where you can just create the most value in your life. Like surrounding yourself with, you know, mentors or learning things quickly or uncovering opportunities, right. It all kind of 
for me at least has generated around people. And so what podcasting allows you to do is, is have a reason to get a conversation with somebody that otherwise it might be hard to, uh, because you're, you're offering them something in exchange for their time, which is, you know, access to an audience or, um, distribution of their ideas or thoughts. And so, so, I mean, we, we use, we straight up use our podcast to get meetings with executives at companies that we want to work with. Like that is like, I love the, like, it's great for building a brand and building an audience and sharing the ideas. And that's super valuable for us as well. But, you know, we just use it to get on people's calendars that we otherwise wouldn't have. And for me, like, it's been incredibly effective at that. And so I, you know, we're a technology company, but you could be writing a book, you could be starting your another type of business, you could be a, a life coach, I don't know, you could be doing all types of work. And I think the same principle and value applies. So I uh, could not recommend starting a podcast enough. And you start you had one going uh, way before mine, uh, the competitive edge. Uh, I'm sure you applied some lessons from v one to to this one. Yeah, I, that was a huge whiff, man. If I would have kept doing that podcast, that would have been my numbers were in retrospect, like insane. Um, you know, like over 100k downloads a month in 2013. And, uh, you know, it, it just it's just like a, a great learning on terms of like being early to a platform, like Clubhouse would be an, an opportunity that maybe might be similar now. Um, we'll see how that plays out, but being early to a platform and there's a lot that you can gain there. And then, you know, like anything like media assets, they take time to grow. Like they, things just take time. Anything hard doing is take time. Like people like Joe Rogan, you know, everybody's like, Oh, Joe Rogan's podcast, Joe Rogan's podcast. Joe Rogan has been doing podcasting like longer than anybody. I mean, he's been doing this stuff for over 10 years. And so like, yeah, of course now he has this like huge audience, but for me, like that's another life hack and thing that I've changed my perspective on is like anything I decide to do, I want to, I want to be able to think about it. Like, would I be comfortable doing this for five to 10 plus years? Because that's honestly for a lot of things, like what it takes to like really create something of value is that durability versus like bopping around to different things. Like just, I I think, I think you get get a lot more leverage the longer you do something. And so you say you changed your perspective on that. So, uh, so maybe you were thinking either something. Yeah. I think I just, I think I was more, I think I was like it, I don't think it's a new idea or new concept for like great things take a lot of time and effort to build. And there's like compounding interest, if you will. I think it's more like as I approach something new, there's a lot of the, the longer that you do this stuff, the more successful that you get, the more opportunities you will see. And so it's really, really easy. And it, and for me, like 
in the past, it was like, oh yeah, cool. Like start this, start that, like do this, do that just cause you can, and you can get it off the ground quickly. And, um, there's, there's opportunities everywhere. And I just was very, very, um, trigger happy on starting things and creating things. And I think my perspective now that's different is I don't, I'm a lot more cautious up front in terms of saying, Hey, I can, I could do this thing, but you know, a, here are the trade-offs on these other things. And then B like, if I do this thing, do I think that I could be excited about doing it for like five to 10 plus years? And if the answer is no, then I choose not to do that thing. Interesting. 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 And, uh, Another idea that I wanted to talk to you about was this uh, concept of having kind of career market fit. Uh, and um, I think earlier in maybe your journey before troops talking about, we were talking about like experimenting with different things. Um, it seems like from what I was reading was you, you kind of experimented with a bunch of different things, trying to kind of get to a career market fit or something that just really felt good that you could maybe do for, a while. Uh, maybe yeah. talk to us about this kind of career market fit uh, lens or perspective or framework, if that's. Uh, yeah. Something. Yeah. I mean, so I, I guess like the terminology uh, would, would be a, 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 a derivative of the concept of like product market fit, where it's like you, you kind of try to find something where the, the market like is excited about what you have and, and in that process and people are buying and staying and um, things are working more or less this is like a really simple way to put it. Um, you're growing, like business is growing and the product selling and to get there, it takes a lot of iteration typically. Um, and I think with the career, with careers, people, you know, they, there was at least there used to be this like, oh, where you pick a job and you stay in it and you spend a lot of time in that because it looks really bad if you bounce around a lot and you should, you know, have this kind of linear upward trajectory of what you do, right? It's like, you want to be a lawyer. It's like, you go to law school, then you're an associate and then you're a senior associate and then you're a principal and then you're this. And it's like, that, that's just like very common. And at least early in my career, I tried a lot of different things. I feel like, you know, I was, my first job was a sports agent and then I worked for like a pro baseball agency. Then I thought I wanted to then I worked for like a consumer startup and then I did my own startup and then like I did the media thing and now I'm running a SaaS company. And, um, I, I guess the way that I thought about it is like the longer that I'm in a career that I'm not excited about because just the core of what I'm doing is not giving me energy. The upside's not exciting. The people I'm around aren't exciting then the less time I'm going to be spending in one that, that really is aligned. Um, and so I'm better suited like getting to like having a thesis and 
testing various different like career opportunities and jobs and ventures on rapidly than like really kind of just sticking in one thing unless I'm getting out of it what I want. Um, and so I, I, my, my early career looked like a little bit of a Mexican jumping bean. And I would, you know, I would even say like in that, in that regard, like, and I look at the podcast as an example of this. I look at like lifelonglearner.com and like the media stuff that I was doing, like the, all of those opportunities and many different things, like, you know, I left a lot of money and opportunity on the table versus just sticking with them. But I guess I've always kind of stuck to my guns and, um, just trusted myself to like, if this isn't making me happy, like I'll go do something else and I'll just keep doing that until I do. Um, and being comfortable in, in, in doing that. And so, so, so for me, I almost, when I talk about career market fit or person career fit, I guess the, the area that I think is less discussed that I think is um, probably I have a little bit more of a counterintuitive or counter to popularity perception is like getting there is like the iteration process, like being comfortable trying a lot of things rapidly early in your career, because really you don't know you have a thesis, right? But you really just don't know how much you're going to like something until you actually do it. So do a lot of things and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to iterate uh, until you find something that you think is really in alignment for you. Um, and that's, that's what I did. And, you know, as I talk about this, I'm like, man, sometimes I need to take some more of my own advice, but um, uh, I, I personally think it served me pretty well. Um, and, uh, and I'm grateful for that outlook. Yeah. And you stuck with troops and it's been, you know, six, six plus years. And yeah. I think that there's, uh, that's really remarkable. Thanks. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, you're not, and you need to be able to tell a story when you're like kind of doing changing jobs, whether that's like, you know, to investors, like, Hey, this guy looks like he's a, you know, you're here, you're there type of person or to an employer. It's not, it's, it's, you're looking, what you're looking for is something that sticks. You're looking to find something that you feel like you could do for a long time and be excited about it and, you know, provide you the growth potential you are. And so, so yeah, I'm lucky in that, like, you know, I had a, I had a, I call it like a highly volatile period of my life where I was doing a lot of different things, a million miles an hour. And until I found that thing, which was, um, at least at this point in my life, like building this SaaS company that I think is making the whole process of using the applications that we use every single day at our jobs. We spend a lot of times doing, you know, much easier, much more effective, much more efficient, um, which has been something that I've been excited about um, and been durable, but it took me some time to get here for sure. Mm -hmm. And you're able to do the podcast now on the side. So I'm sure that that kind of feels like a creative project, uh, kind of independent project, but it's still connected to the, to the company too. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it is like, it, it, it actually is like a troops podcast. Like it's, 
everything from like who who pays for it, like troops to like the guest selections are like our target accounts. Like it is a troops thing, but you're right that it is like reconnecting with a creative medium that I really loved. And I think that that is important. Like, I think for a lot of people, myself included, a lot of times, like you can kind of go through these troughs of, you know, just like lack of motivation going through the motions. And I always, whenever people feel that way, I always really kind of tell them to do two things. The first is just start reading, read books, you'll get ideas, you'll get excited, educate yourself, you'll feel a sense of growth. And then the second is, is have something creative to work on. Like just do nights and weekends, like have a pet project, you know, find something that even if you're doing a rote activity, you know, for me, I know I felt like this when I was just on like six to eight sales calls a day. And I was like, all I'm doing is like sales calls and follow-ups. I like, I can't do this. I need some creative thing. Like, um, you know, have, have something on the side that gives you that outlet and that will help sustain you for the more rote things. Yeah. And so that was like lifelonglearner.com. Uh, was yeah, that was that. definitely that. That was the lifelong learner and like starting courses and stuff. Like I started that at this company, single platform and you know, I love single platform and I, it was great, but like, honestly, like we were really successful and we got bought and I had to stick around and there just wasn't as much for me to do. Um, like we did a really good job and the job got really easy as a result, um, of like a lot of upfront hard work and, you know, we sold the company and it was just like, all right, like, (laughs) and so, but like for me and for like a lot of people that go through that, like, you know, you have some handcuffs to stick around. And so, the name of the game is like, how do you feel a sense of growth and engagement, but also stay to get like some earnings uh, that you're incentivized to. And so, so yeah, like I really like use, like sustained that period and found that growth through, you know, the personal website that I had started that I had spent, you know, I remember I'd wake up at six in the morning and spend like an hour writing before work. Um, many days, if not most days, I would do it on the weekends. And that growing that was like my passion project. And that kept me excited and happy, even though I probably wasn't evolving as quickly as I would like to just if I had, you know, just done the work that was required and being asked of me at, at my day job. Mm-hmm. Um, any any uh, reflections or uh, thoughts on kind of now there's a huge push into digital courses and, um, and, you know, you were earlier on that side with Udemy and, and, um, some other, uh, courses that you were doing, any thoughts on to somebody that's like, Hey, I'm growing something and, you know, I can just create a course from it and I'll make some money and yet it'll be beautiful. Like, yeah. Any, 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 any lessons learned or any tips to the person that's thinking about kind of monetizing their knowledge, so to speak? Yeah. Look, I, I think the long story short is like, if you have that inclination, like it can be great. Like I still get a paycheck in the mail, you know, I still get mailbox money from it. And ultimately without that, I probably wouldn't have been able to take a risk uh, and 
just start my SaaS company without a job. Like I had, you know, the first six months of troops, I was living off of my courses. Um, and, uh, that was awesome. And I think for me, what I, a couple like big learnings, um, the first is, is I ultimately reached an inflection point where I was like, all right, I want to double down on being like the digital online empire of like Scott or like, and course man and you know, whatever. Um, or, or I want to use this as leverage to go do something else. And I decided to do the latter. I decided to use it as leverage to go start troops and go all in on my SaaS company. Um, and I think what the reason I didn't do it, the course stuff in for a longer period of time was I just had, I just felt like, um, I'm a team person. I'm not like a business of me person. And I like working on great teams with great people. And I felt like, not that you can't have that. I just, I felt like I could get the caliber of people that I wanted to work with more excited about something other than information. And so, and I didn't always, I didn't know that until I experienced it. And so like, I think I probably would have been served just knowing upfront, like what more, like, do I want to use this as a passive income generator or do I want to really build a business around this? And if I want to build a business around it, like, what does that look like? Like it, and, and honestly, here's what it looks like for most people. Cause the playbook has just been done a zillion times. It's like you start a course, you have a course, you have some type of way of promoting it, which is like a blog, a mailing list, a podcast or whatever. And then there's going to be people of your course that want additional services and products, which is your time. And so then you're, you're like a coach and a consultant. Um, and then there's like, you know, bigger group trainings and ultimately it's a services business. Um, and that, that isn't to mean, that doesn't mean that you can't have like a course and then like an, an e-commerce product that like, like I, you know, I love this stuff called CMOS and it's probably a course on making CMOS and you could buy the, you could buy CMOS from them. Um, but I guess just like the reality of like what that business would be afterwards, you build a course, if that's the route, you know, like understanding that upfront more. And I think if you would have said, Scott, do you want to be like a consultant, um, or like a sales training coach, I think I would have told you no. And I just didn't know that whole, like what the outcome looked like after you had something that was successful. I didn't have that as, I didn't have that understanding up front as much. That was kind of like a big learning for me. Um, and the other big learning is, is that it's much more, the name of the game is, is much more marketing and distribution than it is quality. Like having, and this is kind of like a more meta, like life and content thing. It's like, you think it's 80% quality. Like I'm, most people spend 80% of the time on the, the creation of the content and the quality of it. And like 20% of the time on the distribution and promotion. 
When the reality is, is you should be spending 80% of the time on promotion and distribution and 20% of the time on the, on the content. Um, and I mean, I just saw it time and time again, where it's like, you could create this amazing ass course and you didn't have a large list or way to get in front of a large audience and sell it. Like it just wasn't going to do that good. Um, and then you have all of these amazing internet marketers who like actually have like pretty basic shitty content, but we're just crushing it because they were really, really good at marketing it and making it seem like it was awesome. And, and they, you know, ultimately probably sold a lot more of them. Um, and so, yeah, I think when you understand that it just kind of changes your strategy and approach and you wouldn't spend like a zillion hours creating the perfect course because maybe only a few people would see it if you didn't have the distribution part figured out and you'd maybe more focus on the distribution. Cool. Uh, okay. Uh, and as you've been building troops and obviously sales is, you know, kind of a big part of, uh, what you do and, and what your work's been for a while, any, um, any interesting ways to kind of stand out, to get hired or to get in front of people. We talked about podcasting as, as a good way. Uh, but anything else that kind of jumps out to you is like, I've hired this person because they sent me this cold email or, you know, or anything else for people to find, call it breakout opportunities, get in front of people. Yeah. I think one of the more is more of like a meta, um, meta idea, but it's like the more you can like prove that you, you can do the job before you have it, the more likely you are to succeed. So like, you know, just a very basic example. It's like, if you're trying to get a content marketing job, like just go out and like the company you want to work for, like write an epic piece of content for them and, and be like, all right, I know you're hiring me. Like, this is what the role you're hiring for me. Like, look, I already did the job. Like, this is what my, this is what my work would look like. Um, and so, you know, in general, it's like, if you were a sales job, like, Hey, here's like 10 customers that I've identified that I, and the approaches that I would take to get a meeting and like, Oh, by the way, I already have two of them willing to go meet with us. Um, you know, just do the job before you have it really simple. Um, and, and the, cause what an employer is trying to figure out is, is are you capable, is this person capable of doing a job and other, and then like, what is their quality of work going to look like? And am I going to be excited about that? And so if you can de-risk that, you're going to be in a good position to succeed. Cool. Um, <laughs> that's great to say, Hey, I've already got these customers. I already got these meetings lined up. Like, can we, can we have these meetings? Is that okay? <laughs> I'm going to have them without you. Is that all right? <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's pretty hard to say no to that. Um, or at least not be, not be interested. Yeah. Um, anything else on kind of email? I've, I, one of the kind of principles or a core idea of the show is like people are kind of like one email away from, you know, something that could really make a big impact. Any examples to like a cold email that had a big impact or any thoughts on that topic? Um, yeah, I mean, it's true. <laughs> like, I think, um, I think like that is the beauty of email is like ultimately like assuming you can find someone's email, like you can really like 
have the opportunity to get anybody's attention and communicate something to them that you want. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, one cool email, op- one cool email example. Um, I, I was emailing, uh, my one friend had this company and he wanted me to do marketing consulting for them. And this was when I was doing lifelong learner, you know, and I was doing consulting and, and he's like, dude, I really want to promote our blog. And his company was really cool. He was like running it from all over the world. And this was pre, this was in like 2011 and he was like growing a big ass company. And, and so I was like, you know, Tim Ferriss talks about this. And so I emailed Tim Ferriss and and said, Hey, I know you wrote about like four hour work week and building a business or running the world, but a lot of people, um, a lot of people like that are doing that are like these little lifestyle entrepreneurs and they're not really building big ass businesses. And I know a guy who's doing that and has traveled to XYZ companies and his business is doing over a hundred million dollars in revenue. Um, would you be interested in featuring him? And ultimately they did do a feature on him and that company, that blog post has generated like over $10 million in sales for his business. And I was the guy that got it placed. And so I now can claim like, Hey, you know, in one email, that email generated $10 million, um, for my friend and his business. I didn't get a $10 million, but, but I can, I can go to someone and be like, yeah, I've drove $10 million of business. Uh, for one of my marketing clients and that, and I can say that truthfully. Um, so that's, that's one just small example, but you know, like if I didn't, if I didn't have the courage and just to ask and to do it, like that would have never happened. And so there's like a million examples of that in the internet. And that's why I think it's so fun and cool. And, you know, I think if you have a, if you have a compelling reason that offers value to somebody else, you absolutely you absolutely should reach out. There's, there's only things to gain and, and certainly uh, a lot more to gain than to lose. Love it. All right, Scott, uh, any other life hacks, anything else that you think that we missed as people are kind of creating the startups of themselves, developing a portfolio of work. Um, and then uh, please let listeners know uh, if you have any asks or anything like that, or something that would be, uh, helpful to you and, uh, let them know where they can follow up and learn more. Yeah. So, I mean, this just sounds silly, but like, I think to me, the older and more experienced I've got, the biggest hack has been frankly, just trusting my intuition and gut. Um, and so I would, that would be like learning how to get comfortable with that would be my life hack. That isn't a life hack. Um, and yeah, if you're, you know, you're interested in, uh, following, our, my work, um, you can ca- check out my company troops.ai. That's the URL. Um, you know, very popular for people that use, have to use Salesforce to do their jobs. Um, and we also have a podcast that I think is, is pretty interesting called built by humans. And it's all about, you know, how we can take a human approach to growing and building our businesses and the way that we lead people and the way that we design cultures and, you know, for me, like that's something that I've become increasingly passionate about as I've went from a kind of individual doer creator to more of a designer and architect of an organization. Um, and, uh, that's, that's kind of the current challenge that excites me. So, 
So check it out, Built by Humans, iTunes, Spotify, all the places. And uh, I'm just, you know, super grateful to be on the show, David. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you so much, Scott. Really appreciate it. Hey, friend. Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. Would love to hear what you learned and what you enjoyed. Um, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever is best for you. And as a reminder, I'm just one email away as well. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which includes the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much. 